This is episode 285, How to Stop Worrying About the People You Love with Lara. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I want to thank all of you who've been checking in on Steph and I as we've been going through this winter storm here in Austin, Texas. By the time this episode airs, it'll probably be in the 50s and 60s again. But it was um, a mix of just such beauty, seeing the snowstorms and the white everywhere and the chilly temperatures which are a great contrast to our hot and humid summers, which is beautiful. And just the peacefulness of it compared to the absolute chaos the, the city and state was in because of the lack of infrastructure. I even heard at the airport, they were shoveling snow with brooms because we don't really need shovels in Texas. And there are so many lessons that we learned from this, both I think collectively and individually. And one of those is about being prepared. You know, worry and anxiety is an interesting thing. And that's the subject of today's show. The the caller is a mom and she has lots of worry and anxiety when it comes to her kid. And when we have a lot of worry and anxiety, it actually doesn't do us any good. We're really good at imagining worst case scenarios, but that heightened sense of anxiety puts us in the amygdala part of our brain, the fight, flight, or freeze, or fawn part of our brain, the part of our brain as I'm talking, this massive chunk of ice just rolled down my roof and crashed. I don't know if you guys heard that. The reptilian part of my brain jumped when I heard that. Anyway, back to my train of thought. When we're in that part of our brain, we're not thinking clearly. We're not well-resourced. And so when it comes to really keeping ourselves safe and protecting us, being prepared, like Steph and I were really glad that we had extra food on hand, that we had some things that really got us through and that we could help others as well. And we were able to relax a little bit because we had a bit of a plan in place. Now, my worry was activated for sure because we had frozen pipes and and I was worried about other people. And sometimes it's hard for me to like tone my worry down. I know it doesn't do any good. Worry doesn't do any of us any good. It's a poor use of our imagination. So somehow we have to learn how to channel that worry into something else, into being productive, being prepared, deepening our spiritual practice. If we just sit and let the worry get the best of us, not only are we raising cortisol levels in our body, which is bad for our health, but we're moving out of our resource state where we have that access to intellect and intuition. Many of you heard my friend Beck Tate on the podcast. That's one of her sayings, combine intellect and intuition. But if we're in a frazzled state, we don't have access to that. And you'll really hear so much more about this when you listen to my coaching call with Lara. As you're listening, consider, do you love people so much, love them so, so much that you just want to hang on to them tightly and often control what they're doing? Do you worry about the people in your life and you feel better when they're in your sight and have a hard time letting them go? Are you a parent 
who's struggling with that balance of giving your kids freedom, not wanting to project your anxiety on them, but also worrying if you don't, something bad is going to happen. And finally, as a child, did you feel really safe? Did you feel like all your needs were met? Did you feel like you had a parent that really helped you feel calm and resourced? Or did you have more of that anxious attachment style? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Lara. Before we dive in, I want to talk to you about how you could be more productive by using ShipStation. If you sell stuff online, you're definitely in the right business, especially now. More people are shopping online than ever. That means a lot of orders are coming in. A lot of orders will need to ship out fast. That's why online sellers need ShipStation. No matter how much you sell, ShipStation makes it easy to manage and ship all your orders from all your sales channels faster, cheaper, and more efficiently. You can import orders from any sales channel. You can ship with any carrier. You can access discounted shipping rates, and you can automate just about any shipping task. You'll spend a lot more time growing your business than you do on shipping. I have a friend who has her own business, manufacturing jewelry, and ShipStation has saved her so much time, so much money, and so much energy. It's super reliable. And she and you using ShipStation would get access to amazing discounts with carriers like UPS, FedEx, and USPS. You can easily compare carriers and choose the best solution every time. It's no wonder ShipStation has more five-star reviews than any other shipping software. Ship more in less time. You can actually have a 60-day free trial. Yes, 60 days. When you go to shipstation.com and use my offer code over it. Again, 60 day free trial. When you go to shipstation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page and type in over it. You get that 60 day free trial, two months free of no hassle, stress-free shopping. Shipstation, S-H-I-P-S-T-A-T-I-O-N.com, promo code over it. Make ship happen. And now on to my coaching call with Lara. Lara, welcome to the call. How can I help? So I'm calling today because I feel a little bit stuck. I feel like growing up and then as an adult, I always felt like somebody who had a lot of anxiety. And then in the past couple years, it got really bad and I felt like I really needed to address it. And I feel like I have successfully addressed most of it or a lot of it. It's not perfect, but it's definitely significantly better. But there's one area that like across the board is just not better and it's it's with my kids mm. and i feel like it's really important to for me to deal with that because i don't want to impact them or make them uncomfortable and okay. so like recently i feel like it's gotten a lot worse and i i don't want to impact them in any way how does it show up with your kids so when they were little, I felt like I was like the least anxious parents. Like mm -hmm. I would let them climb and I would let them do, you know, all these things. And people were like, oh, you know, your kid is so high up in that tree or whatever it is. And I, I was really like, okay with letting them be. And, you know, I mean, kind of express themselves and venture out and trying to let them, you know, sow their oats or whatever the right word is. But they're getting older. My daughter's 14 and my son is 11. And so they're getting to the age where they go out with friends more, they walk around more, they bike. 
they do things much more independently. Mm-hmm. And I'm having like a hard time with that. Not not that they're independent from me, but that they're in a situation that like I can't protect them. I don't know mm-hmm. what's going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't see them. I can't always necessarily reach them. Mm-hmm. So that aspect of it. And, you know, I mean, I try not to let them see that. I think they do see it a little bit. I think that I'm a little more restrictive maybe than some of their friends' parents. And so I think they do notice it and they're mostly tolerant of it. But I also, I don't want to embarrass them and I don't want to impose restrictions that I don't really need to be imposing just to make myself comfortable. Yeah, I hear you. Well, I want to acknowledge you for being such a great parent because one thing that makes a great parent, a great parent is realizing when you're doing something that probably isn't for the highest good of anybody, you or your kids and wanting to shift it. So that's really huge. And I hope you're really proud of yourself and you acknowledge yourself for that. What a good mama you are that you don't want to, you know, your kids to feel that anxiety. So I think that's a big part of it. Just being proud of yourself. And, you know, often these things come up because there's something we're wanting to clear. And the situation is just a trigger. It's just an activator. So I'm sure you've given this some thought. You listen to the show. What do you think is activated here that's playing out in this dynamic with your kids? And I think the best hint I could give you is it has to do with control. Yeah. (laughs) I like saw the word control float across my brain. Mm. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know what specifically. And I mean, I feel like there's, there's definitely control issues there. I feel like Mm -hmm. I don't have control when they're not in the room with me, you know? So even if they're doing something that, you know, is a little bit, you know, could be scary if I'm there and I can help them and I see them, I'm not scared, but I don't have control when they're not near me, I guess. Yeah. It makes total sense. makes total sense. Like we're having a snowstorm here in Texas and we needed to- I know. I heard. I hope you're okay. (laughs) We're very blessed. We're very blessed, but many people aren't. And we were driving to my parents' house because they don't have heat and and Steph was going to go get them. And I'd much rather be in the car with him going to get them than sitting at home waiting and making sure he's okay. And they're okay. So I I get this. So- This feeling of wanting to control things usually comes, I mean, everything ties back to childhood, it seems, Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) but where this comes from is usually not like having a lot of chaos and not feeling in control or another sneaky way it can manifest is feeling so overprotected and so controlled that you think that's love. And so the wires cross. And control gets paired yeah. with love. Which one of those right. is more you? Well, I feel like it was kind of both mm-hmm. because like, I, I guess like, yeah, I, I did have a very chaotic situation growing up and it kind of got like worse and worse and worse as I mm. got older. And then also my mom was very nervous about yeah. us. So yeah, I mean, I, I think it was, it was definitely both of those things are true. Yeah. So this is a little bit of modeling, a little bit of generational lineage, a little bit of taking, just like we take our parents' hair color or eye color or body frame, we pick up their patterns too. So it's a little bit of that. And it's a little, and probably a lot of the little girl inside of you 
not feeling so safe. And so the thing that makes her feel safe is to have control over the things she loves the most because the thing she loves the most, she doesn't want to lose. And when we have that kind of wound, we hang on so tightly to the things we love the most, especially if we didn't really have that in childhood. Right. So your kids are precious to you. I get that. And they're so precious that you've lost faith in their journey and in their divine protection. Yeah. Because they are, you know, to be direct and maybe blunt, I come from a little bit the belief that if something's meant to happen, it's going to happen one way or another. Right. That there is a soul entelechy and a soul destiny that comes in. And trust in that, like really trust that your kids are protected. And I know that's really hard to do. Again, speaking from personal experience, I know that's really hard to do. And I'm going to help you with some of the practical and emotional stuff as well. But that deep trust is going to have to be an important part. Can you feel what I mean by that? Yeah. Because that's the place where that's the solace (laughs) for control freaks is making that transition into surrender and not in terms of not caring because people that like control always care. They'll always care. They'll always want to make sure that they have as much certainty as possible. But then there, there's an element of faith that you just have to hand it over. You know, we were, I think I told this story, we were hiking in Montana and in the national park there, and they're both black bears and grizzlies. And Steph's one that will just like go and have his bear spray and has faith that like, this is his time, his time. And if he's meant to get mauled by a grizzly and I'm like, I need some certainty. So I had to go talk to the park ranger and figure yeah. out like what we do if we see a bear and all that kind of stuff, because it gave me some certainty, but then I had to let go or not go on the hike. And that's right. sort of where you are with your kids. You either have as much certainty as possible. If they're going out with friends, they have a curfew, you have cell phone numbers, things like that. And then let go, or you grip on even tighter to try to ease your anxiety and end up pushing them away, which I know you know. Yeah. 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 No, I know I only have so much longer that they're willing to tolerate this a little bit, you know? Yeah. They're still kind of nice about it, but I'm sure in a couple of years they won't feel that way. But I guess it's like sometimes in the middle of like panicking about it, there's like a part of my brain that's like, you don't have to do this. And then the other part of my brain is like, but if you relax, maybe this is going to be like the one time something happens. Like right. that's what it feels like. Well, and that's the, that's the childhood wound because most of our big whammies in childhood came when we weren't expecting them. They came when we were just a kid, innocent and playful and happy-go-lucky, and then boom, something happens. And that happens often repeatedly in childhood. So how, because I know just telling you to have faith and let go is, is not enough. (laughs) So the other thing that I would really recommend, we have the inner child workshop coming up and I'd highly recommend that for you because what will ease this and end up freeing you from this is because the one who's actually anxious is the little girl inside of you. It's still that little girl who doesn't know when the other shoe is going to drop. There's chaos. She wants to protect herself from bad. 
she's the one that's activated, not you. I know your adult self can think logically and rationally, can have faith, but it's that little one inside that's activated when this fear comes up. So to deal with this on the internal level, it would be that work between you and the little girl inside, letting her know that she's safe, that you got her, that everything's okay, that she's not going to lose the people she loves the most because she's attached to your kids too. You know, our, our little children grow with us and they love the people that we love too. Um, but that's the yeah. part of you that you need to calm down. I know it right. sounds counterintuitive because it's the mother in you that's so worried, but it's the little girl who's activated because she doesn't right. trust that things are going to be okay because they weren't okay in the past. Yeah. Does this make sense? Yeah, no, I mean, it makes, yeah, it does. It makes total sense. It makes total sense. So what's coming up for you as we're talking? I guess it just seems like, like everything else that I felt like I had to get over seemed very surmountable, but it seems so insurmountable to let go of my kids in that way. You know, like not that I'm letting go of them really, but it feels like letting go of them. Right. And it just seems so big. I hear you. I hear you. It is part of that too. They're growing up. So it's that aspect too. I think every mother, yeah. every parent grieves their children growing up on some level. And also remember, you're not letting go of them. You're letting go of the worry. You can stay totally connected to them. In right. fact, you're, have you ever been in a situation where your intuition just spoke to you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In that situation, were you riddled with anxiety? No. I mean, I feel like when I'm really anxious, like I have no inner voice. It's exactly. just like a lot of inner screaming. <laughs> exactly. And here's the thing. This may be the most important thing that you hear from me. Your mm -hmm. intuition, being connected to your intuition is the thing that's going to keep your kids safer than any worry. Right. Your intuition is going to know, mm, mm, don't want her to go with that kid something weird about that parent or mm, that's a no, or you'll just, you'll know. But if yeah. you're, if you're in this anxiety, you're disconnected from your mother's intuition. And that is your superpower when it comes to keeping your kids safe. You're trying to keep them safe yeah. with control and, and that's, which puts you in anxiety and is the one thing that connects you from that. Yeah. And I, and I do, I feel like I don't trust myself to like make good choices in this particular arena with them because I'm so triggered that I feel like either I'm overdoing it or I'm underdoing it to compensate. And it's like, I don't know, am I making it from a really like realistic, you know, mm -hmm. perspective where it's logical and I thought about it, or is it, is it more from my triggered anxiety perspective? Well, here's something you could try because you yeah. want to teach your kids to trust their intuition too. Yeah. Let's say they, you know, your daughter comes to you. She wants to, I don't know, go to some party. And you're like, okay, let's yeah. sit down. Let's sit down and let's close our eyes and let's just take some deep breaths together and teach her about her intuition, teach her about her gut feelings yeah. and teach her how to check in to her body and any sensations and say, okay, what do you think? What do you think is the best choice to make about this? We're going to come up with a decision together. 
using both of our, both our intuition, as my friend Beck says, she says, intuition and intellect, using both those things. And okay. while you're learning how to make choices from a more grounded, intuitive, non-triggered place, teach them. Right. Make, make some of these choices with them. Empower them. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've seen time and yeah. time again, kids that feel empowered and like their parents trust them make much better choices. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> Do you think you could try I that with that. them? Yeah. No, I definitely could. And and they're both like good like that. You know what I mean? Like they are very aware and you know, they, they do, they get things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So these are the, let me just highlight. So there's the really faith and trust. There's working with that little girl inside of you. Cause she's the one that's activated. I promise yeah. you she's the one that's activated. And then knowing that your superpower, one of your many superpowers as a mama is connecting to your intuition. And if you're in anxiety, you're not going to be. And so right. when the anxiety comes up, I don't want you to be anxious about the anxiety and then go, oh no, I'm in anxiety. I can't connect to my intuition. Now something's <laughs> bad that's going to happen because I'm in my anxiety. Right. I just want you to notice the anxiety, hand on heart, hand on belly. Talk to little Lara, calm her down, say she's safe. It's okay. We're good. What was her biggest fear as a child? I mean, it probably like varied a little bit, but I guess around the age that my kids are, I was like very scared whenever my mother was late that like she wasn't coming mm-hmm. and that we didn't like, she didn't have a cell phone then, you know? So there was no like, oh yeah, we'll just call and see where she's at. She wasn't so, coming because she, something bad happened to her. Yeah. 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 So there might be a little anxious attachment style in there too, which is yeah. creating some of this. So just know that that's the fear that's activated inside. Right. So you can right. even say to her, like, mom's okay. You're not going to be left alone. You're not going to be abandoned. I'm here. Because with anxious attachment style, the, the healing of that is really learning how to meet your own needs. And when we don't, we just get super attached to other people, not just spouses and partners, but kids too. And so you're kind of running a little of that anxious attachment style with your kids. And so. Yeah, I see that. mm -hmm. That makes sense. The way to pull back. I mean, you can, you know, anything you read or research about anxious attachment style is useful here. And how you can work with it just right now is really tending to your own needs. Like telling that little girl, you're safe. I got you. You're not going to be left. No one's dying. It's all okay. Safe mm. for you to love. I'm here. Mm. That That's the part of you that you've got to calm. And then when the anxiety comes up, greet it. Know, know it's just little you. That's what the anxiety is. It's just little you who's scared mom's not coming. And she's going to lose the one person she feels connected to. And when you work with her and calm her down, then you can remind yourself, my superpower is my intuition. Let me close my eyes and check in with my body. That's where I'm going to get my answers. 
And yeah. so having a meditation practice, a mindfulness practice, a tapping practice, something that on a daily basis starts habituating you to that part of yourself is going to be another way to deal with this. And then, you know, teaching your kids how to make intuitive and intelligent choices. Believe right. me, that's going to set them up far better than worrying about them and putting a lot of restrictions on them. Right. I know. It's so funny because when you say that, like in my head flashes, my mom used to say, well, you know, I don't worry about you making good choices. I worry about the outside world making good choices. Like, you know, basically saying it's, you know, I could make all the good choices I wanted as a kid, but, you know, somebody bad came along or a bad driver or whatever it was, like something bad would happen anyway. And so, I mean, I guess I, I see how it's like so connected because when you said that, it just like triggered that yeah. memory as yeah. well, you yeah. know? Well, and that's, again, where the faith part comes in. One thing that I've yeah. noticed about my anxiety is that it's cost me a lot of really precious moments. Yeah. It has. And I know yeah. it's hard. I know it's hard to flip that switch. I know. Um, and it takes great practice. But the things that I have found help the most on, on both a professional and personal are the inner child work, the combining mm -hmm. the intuition and intellect, and really having a faith practice. Because, you know, that comment about, well, I don't worry about you, I worry about other people, trust that they're going to be protected from that too. You know, if we, yeah. only, if we think that the only thing that protects us is our own choices, we completely left God out of the equation. God, universe, source, whatever you align with. Right. But if you really believe it's just your choices that have kept you safe, I challenge yeah. that belief. Right. There's a lot of divine yeah. intervention I guess as it well. kind of sounds silly even when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Not. Yeah. Does this help? I hear that. Yeah. It helps a lot. It helps a lot. And, but I guess it's just, it takes a lot of practice also in a lot of, you know, work and effort. So I just, I kind of see how to do that now, at least yeah. where before I just kind of felt like, you know, I didn't really have kind of a way out. Yeah. You know, I see that there's a way out. It's just, you know, I'm going to have to make a habit of it. Yeah. And I really recommend the inner child workshop. It will really ease a lot of this yeah. because you'll be, you'll, you'll connect okay. to little you and learn how to parent right. her. And that will make you such a better parent. All our parents mm -hmm. that have taken inner child have completely been like, Oh my God, this has made me such a better parent. Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm going to look yeah. at it then. All right. Thank you. I want to acknowledge Lara for her vulnerability, for her willingness for me to point out some not so easy things, and just for what an amazing mama she is. As I said in the call, any parent who's willing to look at their stuff and not want to project it on their kids and be an even better parent is doing an excellent job. So let's talk about this call a little bit. Lara, as she shared, has kids that she loves. She on some level knows they're going to be okay, but on another level, it takes great comfort in being able to know it by seeing it, not just trusting it. And that's a big distinction, right? 
There's certainty we get from physical world reality and from control, from seeing things. And there's certainty we get from faith. And unfortunately for most of us, our certainty muscle based on control, like if I see it, if I can do it, if I can make it happen, if I'm there, then I have certainty. That muscle is much stronger than our faith muscles. And having faith in universe, higher power, your guardian angels, God, Jesus, whatever resonates with you is key in letting go of anxiety and letting go of attachment. Because if there's not something bigger than you that you trust, you always will be addicted to control. It will be so hard to let go because you think that you have to have your hands on the steering wheel of life at all times. That's why surrender is so important. And surrender, again, isn't about giving up. It's about letting go of some control and realizing that we're co-creators and relaxing into the knowing that there's a higher power that's taking care of you and taking care of the people that you love. That was one critical point I made to Lara is that when she thinks that something, you know, she trusts her kids, but not other people, then in that moment, she's also stopped trusting God or her higher power. And although I don't yet have kids I'm raising and I haven't had that experience of being a parent, I know, well, maybe I should say I can understand how much worry comes with being a parent. And I'm not minimizing that at all. Please know that I'm not minimizing that. I also know that when you have a parent who's super worried and super controlling and super restrictive, that's not good for the child because it'll either make them rebellious or it'll make them hypervigilant and paranoid. And you don't want either one of those things for your kid. So if you can relate to having some of that anxiety and that control, take some of the tips that I offered Lara. Work on your meditation, your spiritual practice. Do that inner child work. Consider joining us for inner child. It's christinehassler.com slash inner child. March 19th through 21st. If you can't make it live, that's okay. It's, there's a recording that you have access to for 30 days. So you can watch it when you have time, but it's so important. You will be a better parent (laughs) to your kids or your future kids. If you know how to parent that little one in you. So that's your biggest takeaway from this episode. Learn how to be with that little one in you, make them feel safe, make them feel like you've got them, like their needs are being met and you won't freak out so much. You won't be so activated when you don't have control over something because it's not current present day you, it's a part of you that's activated. So as you access that inner parent and you feel more resourced in combination with accessing your connection to your higher power, whatever that means for you, that's going to be how you stop worrying so much about the people you love. And notice I said how you stop worrying so much about the people you love. I'm not convinced that it's possible to not worry about people you love from time to time. I think that's often a natural part of being a human, especially a mother, especially a parent. So I'm not going to set that expectation, but we can definitely do things that bring the worry down. So we live in a less activated, more resource state and can connect to our intuition where all the answers lie. And 
we're not projecting that worry onto the people we love, which eventually can push them away or make them feel restricted. Ah, it always comes back to our relationship with ourselves and our relationship to our higher power, doesn't it? One more thing to share with you. If you want to get on the wait list to get coached by me on this show, go to christinehasler.com slash waitlist. That's the show for today, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It and On With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.